Bridgestone Arena is in a great place, I think, for, for any kind of renovations to happen. It's just any, anything they can do to make it a little bit better is just going to be magnified by, the, by where it is. Yeah. And the city has pumped a lot into the area around yeah. it, but they can't really do it for Titan Stadium. No. Um, do you think, I mean, this has been not our, not our uh, expertise by any means, but do you think Nashville, um, if the Predators do get this commitment from the city, do you think that puts the times behind the eight ball in the sense that now the state either has to contribute money or the city, which, I mean, Nashville doesn't have a ton of money just laying around after all the civic projects they need to build. And plus, public transit, low. Yeah. You know, well, public transit, transit and, yo. And been knocking on the door for 15 years now. And, well, you also have a um, USL soccer team looking for to build a state a soccer specific stadium somewhere in this in the city you have maybe an MLS team that's that's going to be moving aggressively and would need a soccer specific stadium as well um, that are going to be trying to grab for money there there's just so much going on that yeah i mean whoever gets in first is is going to be really happy and the, the teams that fall behind going to find themselves in trouble especially something like the NFL team that needs a ridiculous amount of space I think they can get around the whole soccer-specific stadium if they build the right type of facility, but we're talking about tearing down and rebuilding a facility or doing something similar to what Miami does and Miami did, and that's build a giant like umbrella-style roof over their existing structure, except it's not retractable because Miami. Because where else would you build the build Bridgestone Arena right now? If you had to, if let's say that, hey guys, we found uh, black mold or it's like that mm-hmm. Christchurch uh, New Zealand earthquake and we have to we have to abandon the stadium now. Where else would you build it? Nowhere. It's in the perfect place. I mean, you would build it maybe on the other side of the river in like one of those like parking lots next to LP Field, maybe. But or I still call it LP Field. Nissan Stadium now. But that's it. I mean, they could bulldoze the Sound Stadium and take over that area. But it's talking not about Greer Stadium. No, I'm talking about uh, in Germantown. Oh, I wouldn't bulldoze the minor league park. No, but they could Jeez. if they had to. <laughs> it's, it's finally Hendersonville's time. Calling all freaks. No. Welcome into the show that is finally ready for regular season hockey. Not not fake international tournament hockey, not preseason hockey, but actual NHL hockey. The type of hockey that it has has brings warmth to our souls. This is the broadcast brought to you by Lines of Internet Marketing Solutions on thefourcheck.com. He's Chris Slank. He's Alex Darty. She's Mario. I'm Dan. Uh, first off. How was your week? It's only been seven days since we saw each other. It's, you know, pretty quick turnaround. It means it's just about hockey season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And uh, they, they, uh, the only thing that happened to me this week is is uh, uh, they released patch 1.1 for Stardew Valley. So I'm back to the farm that I haven't been in in over a year. Mm-hmm. Farming away. Getting, uh, they have a wine cellar. They added in a wine cellar. So I can take the wine I've been making and actually age it. <gasps> My first vintage mm-hmm. should be coming out. In 20 game days, which is just like, you know, maybe a couple hours. So I'm really excited. Some some high-quality strawberry and blueberry wines. So someone took Farmville and merged it with Civilization to create this? Or what is no, this exactly? No, no. It's, it's more like, um, God, what's the, there's there's some other similar game. Harvest Moon. It's a bit like a, like a refined Harvest Moon for those who, who know the, the game. 
it's very relaxing. You just sort of farm and listen to Neil gather Young. and uh, no, the sound, the music's actually quite nice. Oh. It's a it's a beautiful little kind of thirty two bit type okay type pretty game. It's just relaxing. But we've been fans have been waiting for for patch one point one for a long time. Added a lot of new content. So my week on fire. Mm. Nice. I, I my my week was great. It had zero wine harvesting, but um, quite a lot of work at my real job and. Um, I'm really glad that this week is over because uh, this means that hockey is coming and all the stuff that I had to do last week is now done. So I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I've watched a lot of postseason baseball, which makes me really excited for all the real season hockey that's coming up. Although, go Jays. I'm not checking the score right now. You know, that's actually not even the first time a Toronto fan has thrown a beer at a Orioles left fielder. There were like <laughs> 4 million fans at had- you know the field this year and it's just one dude and he's toronto media like what else do you expect from those people well hold on he was media he yeah. was media oh you he didn't was. see that yeah. oh my god he's a copywriter right or copy editor mm-hmm. yeah something like that yeah. so i take no claim for this dude <laughs> oh well i mean it gives us an excuse to you know give hell to toronto media speaking of giving hell to media um one of my favorite one of my new things i've picked up over the last couple of years is uh and for many years, you know, college football teams will have the post-game call-in shows. Vanderbilt hasn't had one up until recently, up until the last few years. And uh, Tim and I and Brian, some of the guys at the station, we have a post-game call-in show for Vanderbilt. And I get through with that. It's very rewarding for me to be able to part of something new that should have been done for many years. But I'm listening to the uh, the Tennessee-Knoxville the pregame as I'm driving home. And um, I'm hearing their scoreboard announcer making light of the fact that the Miami Florida State game was played, but the uh, Florida LSU game was not. Uh, Miami uh, is, you know, obviously about five hours south of Gainesville, and Hurricane Matthew was scheduled to make landfall right around Daytona Beach, somewhere around Port St. Lucie. Ended up going up the Atlantic coast and making official landfall closer to South Carolina. Now, landfall by the National Weather National Weather Service is determined when the eye of the storm crosses over land. It didn't make official landfall until South Carolina, but it literally tap danced on the coast for the entire day of Friday and into Saturday morning. So Thursday afternoon, the athletic director says Florida is going to, you know, cancel the game. First responders aren't going to be there. You literally have over 50 members of the of the roster are from that Florida East Coast area. So you're probably going to want to get home and at least get your people out of there. No one wants to play a college football game in that. It's a freaking college football game. There are so many things more important. And even with all the safety precautions, still seven people in the state of Florida died over the weekend. Even more ridiculous is the fact that North Carolina State played Notre Dame and seven or six or seven people in North Carolina died over the weekend. Mm. Hurricanes are serious business. Yeah. You know, it's not just a bunch of rain. You know, I yes, I did, you know, we would have hurricane parties. We'd go over to someone's house that had gas that had gas, hot water and shower and, you know, have a good days and get completely blind drunk for three days. It was fun. But it doesn't mean that this storm can't kill you. No, no, this storm can kill you. And Matthew was every bit as scary as Katrina was before Katrina entered the Gulf. Therefore, I don't exactly, uh, I, I don't take kindly. I mean, I, the reason why I'm bringing up is I have, we have people on our timeline. We have people in the comments section of our own site making light of this. I just want to bring that to light. I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't handle that kind of stuff well when people do make light of how serious hurricanes are. And uh, I'm more than happy the fact that the Lightning canceled, Lightning and the Panthers canceled their game. And uh, I wish that, uh, you know, first off, best of luck to all the affected areas as well. 
But um, yeah, yeah. We, and I think we've talked about this on on well, not this particular issue, but we've talked about the sort of single mindedness, the fixation that sports fans have that they so want to isolate the rest of the world from from their sport uh, that it's it's really dangerous to do that, and it's it's really uncomfortable for a lot of fans who are like probably us that don't like that. <laughs> no, I mean Link has said it for years, and I'm, I've come to, I've come to agree with him more and more. No matter the sport, sports fans as a whole can be kind of can at, at some at one point or another be labeled dumb. Hockey fans are dumb. Start. Hockey fans are dumb. College football fans are dumb. Baseball Especially. fans are dumb. Not know, sports yeah, fans fine. can be can be kind of dumb in general and very selfish. I mean, at the end of the day, I care more about the safety of people than I do care about University of Tennessee's chances to make it to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. There are things far more important than that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, ran over. Sorry, <laughs> I just I wanted to get that out of the way. So, preseason hockey is finally done. So now we can the final score of every game is no longer preseason to preseason. Did anything stick out? The Predators went 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. They ended up dropping games to Columbus and uh, Tampa Bay. Would, that was a very depleted Tampa Bay you know, roster, and it still handled Nashville pretty well. Craig Smith did have a couple of goals in the last game. Anything stick out? Anything we want to talk about on that? Fiala made the roster? That's later. Okay. Well, I was really happy We're talking that. about the preseason games. <laughs> anything well, special? Well, he, he made the roster through performance through preseason games. So, what I did, mean, Kevin Fiala, did Kevin Fiala have a good preseason? Yeah. It wasn't bad, yeah. It wasn't bad. Did he look like he belonged? Sir. Okay. Yeah. Valid. He killed I, penalties, which was <gasps> impressive. He what? Did. He was he was on the PK. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing with the preseason and I, I look, the lines were are not guys are playing with guys they're not going to play with. Johansson was playing with with um uh, Johansson was with uh Goudreau, I believe. <laughs> uh, at one point Kamenev was with Smith, I mean, it was it was just it was comical. I mean, there's, these lines don't mean anything. Uh, Fiala, and so when guys like Fiala or um, or Auberg at times or whoever it was stick out, uh, even though Auberg didn't make the roster, um, I guess that's all you can get. But like the the results, no, who cares? What, I I don't even. I've already forgotten. You said the re- the record a second ago. And I already forgot it. Two, two, and two. You'd see. I mean, you do come out of those a little worried about what's going to happen in net for the season. I mean, there were there were moments where you had a lot of confidence in, in some of the back, in, in like Saros and, and Mizanix, and Rene has been sort of a continuation of the world and a continuation of last season so far. So, you know, that's probably the, the most worrisome thing having a training camp. And most of it's just, like you said, guys just skating around. They're trying to get their legs back on, underneath them, get, you know, their timing right in the, the feel and the stick as they, you know, receive passes. But goaltenders... I. You know they got to get their focus back in. You want to see make some statements, get comfortable, look like they're ready to go in because they're in there for full, the full sixty. I mean they have to be good to go, and and it's a little I'm a, I'm a little worried because I still think the best goaltender currently in the system is in Milwaukee, um, and there's really no answers possibly. I mean it's it's so hard to say. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we did with uh, earlier today, the, uh, roster was released, uh, this year's, uh, coming Nashville Predators roster and something immediately stuck out. And while we're all kind of wrapping our hands around it. So I'm looking through and, uh, there are a couple of notice surprises as Mario mentioned, Kevin Fiala on the roster this year, weighing in at 193 pounds. Kevin Fiala apparently is carved out of wood. And we said it last year. I mean, he gained a lot of muscle mass, showed up to camp with racing go-karts with Austin Watson. Maybe he gained some size through osmosis. I don't know. He shows up this year. He's packed on another 10 pounds. And I'm scrolling down, and 
on the roster, Kevin Fiala, you know, 193 pounds, great. Callie Yarncroak, 156 pounds. I'm thinking, oh, is that a typo? No, he's a small guy. When you go to the Preds, uh, dot, or predators.nhl.com roster, you click on the team roster, and they have Yarncroak listed at 186 pounds. So does someone hit a 5 and 7 8? Either that or he's got a tapeworm, you know, or something, man. This is... a, I mean, that's a lot of, I mean, that's a dangerous amount of weight to lose, lose over the summer. Yeah. Prayer, prayers for, for Cali there. Um, <laughs> so we can start a campaign to hit, save Cali from himself. A, a GoFundMe for Cali, for Cali Yarncroft's kitchen. Or yeah, maybe it's a, so just because I, because I have such a bad special memory for this, I just want to pull up in like a nu- regular number pad. And uh-huh. So the eight is directly above the five, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's a really easy mistake. So if someone's using a 10 key, which is implying that uh, they're probably on a Windows machine, that I could see how that happened. You can get, uh, you can get iMac keyboards that have 10 keys on them. You can, but it's just not. You don't see them left and right like you do Windows. Or are they trying to throw off Vegas and say, "Well, you don't want this guy. He's a beanpole. You don't. You don't want it. You don't want this guy." Vegas is busy throwing mm. off Vegas. I think. <laughs> okay. Mm. Stay away from that yarn crock. He's too skinny to play. You know, center. Vegas is tr- so is trying so hard to be edgy and cool already that they're probably going to try to draft an actual coyote during the expansion draft. It's going to be fantastic and adorable, actually. Do, do we know the mascot yet? No, the, the you don't know anything. Something nice. Besides the fact that they're being really annoying. It's going to be a guy right. in a suit of armor. <laughs> no one knows. It's going to be a guy in a suit of armor. The Vegas Who knows Knights. what color he's going to be? Maybe he's going to be like in in like camo print, plate steel. Well, desert camo. That makes sense. Maybe. I don't know. It's very very hot wearing suit of, suits of armor in the desert. Yeah, this is. I mean, <laughs> just just ask anyone during the Crusades. Uh, I did a, a good idea. Very funny, actually. Uh, I did a. Um, <laughs> Seriously, that was pretty good. I'm uh, glad because I didn't get it myself. <laughs> the um, I did a uh, article. This is several years back. I did an article around team mascots and the Texas Rangers tried a mascot back in like when they were playing at Arlington, uh, their original stadium in Arlington, which had no shade. You're playing professional baseball, which is primarily at the time day games in Texas with no shade. They had a mascot for one game, and he passed out during the game. Fifth inning, the guy fell over. Oh my gosh. Think about how much money, how much weight you're losing inside the suit. So yeah, uh, prayers for the. the you know, we just figured it out. What's that? Yarnkirk spends the summer as a mascot. There we go. There you go. Maybe he's like the like the Braves try to bring back the uh, the bleacher creature or something. Or is he is he trying trying out for the the Swedish wrestling team and needs to cut weight? He's or? cut weight. Yeah, he's just sitting inside wearing. We always see Callie wearing a hoodie, right? Yeah, he's running around in a garbage bag out behind Bridgestone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole thing's coming together. I mean, he shows up with a beard and yeah. You're wearing a hoodie, garbage bag under the hoodie. We have put it together. Poor Callie. Poor Callie. Pray for Callie. Uh, Anthony Potato, Ellis, Weber, Forsberg, Sissons, Fisher, Eckholm, Smith, Bass, Neil, Yarncrook, Salamaki, Carl, Wilson, Arvidsson, Fiala, Yossi, Ribeiro, Subban, Johansson, Rene, Mazinitz is your roster. No major surprises. We all feel really good about Callie Yarncrook making the roster. That's as far as no major surprises as far as who's on the roster, who's not on the roster. Austin Watson waved, sent to Milwaukee. Kind of a surprise, no? Yeah, it's definitely a surprise. But wh- why are they at 22 and not 23? Did we know this Why yet? would you risk waving a guy when you could keep him? Yeah. Well, I mean, my, the extent of my surprise is that they couldn't find a way to turn him in. I, like, I, I think that Austin Watson's probably worth a late-round draft, like a late draft pick, like just straight up. I, he, I, he really didn't show a ton last year other than being not a liability. 
that's he, that's really what he was last year. So, I mean, are you going to really save a roster spot for a guy whose who's greatest achievement to date has been not a liability? I was a little surprised no one picked him up. I mean, he's a very cheap, serviceable kind of guy, a team who needs depth, could easily throw him on the fourth line, have a guy who, again, reliable, not a liability. Um, I, I don't think there's any reason to keep him on the roster if you want a little flexibility. I would. He's the first person I would drop, assuming Cody Bass is some sort of magic reason for being around, which is sort of what I'm the criteria I'm applying to him. Yeah, I'm surprised somebody picked him up on waivers because he is a very cheap depth op, depth option. So I'm really surprised that, say, Columbus, for instance, who seems to start the every single year with like five players on IR didn't decide to grab him because apparently I believe the GM either this one or the previous one was very interested in, in getting him originally I, I guess I was I, I was surprised that he got he got waived and then um I, I was definitely surprised that Cody Bass did make the roster because I I really early on it sounded like a, coming out of camp that the Sissons Watson Salamaki sort of pairing was was working um but I guess not enough to keep the third of the of those three yeah I think the, the Bass is on the roster I think for one reason, and that's if someone the other team happens to ice some big scary fighter guy or an enforcer for some reason, you can put Bass out there and at least try to limit the likelihood of one of your guys who matters getting into a fight. Uh, because you know, there's there's a history of certain guys in the team just just throwing down, and and you don't want Yossi or or Fisher especially getting into fights. So it, yeah, I mean if if need be. If there, if I don't even know what fighters are left in the league, but if one of those guys are out there, you put Cody Bass in the roster. You try to match the line, so if there is a fight, at least a guy who's already committed to that being his job. Well, and who, and who did the who did the Predators play back to back? Chicago Blackhawks Black with with Jordan Tutu. Jordan Tutu. Yeah, so I think I think it makes sense as not even as a deterrent, but just as a cover for your players. And it's it's kind of silly because you're putting them out there solely so that you make sure your guys don't have to fight. Not as a deterrent, not as a a way to balance the skills or any, any of that kind of hockey BS mm-hmm. literally just because it's a, it's a safety measure. He's out there to be that guy, you know, so no one else has to be that guy. He's out there to be the secret service. Take the bullet for the, for the players. Yeah. Uh, so the 2010 draft, just to keep in mind how painful of a draft pick this was, the 2010 I, I NHL draft, recently. Austin Watson, out of all the forwards taken in the first, and this was a very forward-heavy uh, draft, out of all the forwards taken, only Joey Hishon from uh, who was originally taken by Colorado has played less games than Austin Watson. This uh, includes, uh, let's see here, from going from least to most: Quentin Howden, Bo Bennett, Kevin Hayes, Emerson Edom, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Riley Sheehan, Brett Connolly, Nick Bustead, Bro- Brock Nelson, Mikhail Granlund, Jane Schwartz, Vladimir Tarasenko, Charlie Coyle, Bermistrov, uh, Nino Niederreiter, and Ryan Johansson, Taylor Hall, and Jeff Skinner, and Tyler Sagan. The caveat with this is that, you know, yeah, Dan, those are all some really big names, you know, but, you know, Watson wasn't taken, you know, before all those guys. No, he was just taken in front of, directly in front of Bukestad, Bennett, Sheehan, uh, Kevin Hayes, Howden, Kuznetsov, Coyle, Emerson Edom, Brian, yeah, exactly. You see where this is going. I mean... That's bad. Well, I mean, this is one of those great 2020 hindsight scenarios. You can't go through a draft year without picking out a team and looking at who they missed out on afterwards. It happens to every team... Every few years, it just happened a when, lot when, to the Predators when, and the Fords. <laughs> when, yeah, well, that's, that was just a philosophy thing because they were like, "We're going to take guys who are, who in our scouts' opinion are going to be solid NHL players, can play the two-three line role, and that's where we're going to go for more, more 
guaranteed picks than than high risk picks. That was kind of classic predators. It just so happened that Watson didn't meet that, so it's a particularly glaring thing. It's just it it comes from years of tepid drafting and um, in a lot of ways. The year before they got Craig Smith in the fourth round, so so they they do hit on on a few. They they do, but they don't. They were you know classically taking that risk later in the rounds, and yeah. now they're willing to take the risks up front, which is really smart. But uh, you know. It, it's one of those hindsight things. I think the, that year, if I think back, the player everyone, at least on the Predators fan side, were, were clamoring for was was Emerson Edom, mm-hmm. who really hasn't made a huge mark on the NHL. I mean, he's certainly a valuable player, but he hasn't made a massive, massive mark. Um, but they, no one was really scrambling to get any of the other guys. Everyone was just talking about Edom. Yeah, Edom's already played for three different NHL teams. Yeah, so, I, you know... It, He's 24. Even, yeah, even if, if, if the team had picked the guy, everyone was like, oh, this is the guy we really want. Yeah. They wouldn't have really gotten the guy they, they wanted. So, you know, I'm glad they've evolved their drafting strategy to be a bit more dynamic and a bit more more risk-taking, which is great, but I can't fault him for taking Watson. Um, I mean, he was big. I mean, this is a team that just yeah. got through being pushed around by the yeah. Chicago Blackhawks in the playoffs. And picking Watson made sense, I mean, as far from a size perspective, but Bukestad's a monster. He was big. Tarasenko's big. Kuznetsov, he's, he's not huge. But yeah, but that, the Predators weren't dra- drafting Russians. No, they were not. They were not were drafting right. Russians at that point. <laughs> I want to say this in defense of Watson, so as far as what um, Dan was saying earlier, about how many games they've played. I'm not a big Watson fan. Obviously, he's sort of a tweener, you know, third, fourth line. Uh, like like Link was saying, the you know very steady, he can play in the NHL kind of person. They could have called him up, you know, two or three years ago, and he could have gotten in his games, and they decided not to. I don't know if Trotz didn't like him for some reason, but his few games played is less an indictment of him and more of just the whole organizational strategy turning over. And that's that's a very good point. It's also part of the thing that frustrated all of us about the Trotz era is that, hey, there are players that we specifically drafted for your system, and you're refusing to play them over Eric Nystrom. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. That was when we knew it was all time for Barry to leave. Just saying, you know. That, that's, I mean, geez, yeah. He, he of the, the wool cap and techno music. What's the latest with Nystrom? I don't know I got it released from his PTO, but. I haven't seen anything since then. Th- that, yeah. that was a World Cup of Hockey PTO. That was a We Need Bodies PTO. <laughs> or may, maybe they were going out for like, uh, uh, like they were doing a camping trip and they needed someone to cook. <laughs> or someone to play the music. <laughs> You know, you want to keep it more more organic out there. So you, I mean, I don't know if he plays guitar or anything like that. You could do in the woods, but I don't think you no, want to set up guys, like a turntable. We are, in the woods. We are, you're underselling him being cut from the PTO. You know who cut him from the PTO? The Blues. Yeah, the coach that has a fetish for old men playing hockey and like that type of hockey. <laughs> Ken Hitchcock cut him. He wasn't he a player tailor made for Ken Hitchcock hockey was not good enough for Ken Hitchcock hockey. Well, but I, Ken Hitchcock he isn't. Always just he hasn't really he's a decent coach. He's a very I mean, decent coach, but he loves objectively he loves bad. him some old guys that are just, you know, veteran, gritty guys. But Nystrom is oh, he was like one of the worst forwards in the NHL last year. He was. So was so was Gostad. I mean, I don't know why also was. would be like You're all you, you fit everything. You're bad, but you I like everything else about you. That doesn't stop them from playing like Ryan Reeves. You know who Hitchcock likes? Who? Ryan Reeves. Carter Hutton. Oh, this is gonna be good. Yes, he had some very complimentary things to say about him coming out of camp, and he might wind up being their starting goaltender. No, he won't. I believe, is Jake Allen the one they still have? Yeah. yeah. Jake yeah I think he left their Allen. last preseason game with an injury. Jake Allen's going to get oh, arrested gosh. for something this year. 
What? He's going to get arrested. For oh, yeah, he's because gonna, he's going to just his brain is just going to snap. He's going he's to gonna, lose like, it on Kenny's Throw Kenichka. a chair at, a, at, at, at like someone's house, like Kenny's house, or toilet paper his yard, or something like just really weird. For as much hell as we gave Carter Hutton, the guy has to be somewhat mentally tough to be able to. I hear he has great confidence. Yeah, we always say, and that's kind of the running gag with him. But I wonder how that's going to work with me. It is. We always joke, you know, he's so confident, even though he gave up five goals. You know, he's very confident in his own ability. You, Ken Hitchcock's a goalie killer. Is he not? I mean, you mean when he was the goal when he was the coach of the Flyers? I mean, did, how many? He didn't do anything to really uncomplicate that situation. He, uh, well, I mean, Paul Holmgren, pass. <laughs> really? Pa- Paul Holmgren, pass. That, that, yeah. that whole okay. era. That whole era. You're just, just going to black out that era, even though they went to the Cup final. Just black out that whole Paul Holmgren pa- era. Paul Holmgren, pass. All right, fine. Uh, anything else going on? Let's see. Maznitz has got the backup spot, which we called. Pretty well. I mean, that was mm-hmm. that was a common sense response there. Interesting thing is that they still have Colin Wilson listed at center, and this is something that we can, you know that we can talk to until talk about for forever and ever. Amen. The team only has one player listed as left wing, which is odd because several of them actually do play left wing. Mm-hmm. Is that even? Like register with anybody anymore? I mean, no. they could just list guys as forward, like the like how the yeah, IHF I mean, does. I think I think that's I, I can't remember some. I think it was one of the one of the very smart stats people maybe who was arguing that the Angel needs to just drop the wing center wing center designation, or maybe just say center wing. Yeah, because these guys play over the place; they're always rotating around. It doesn't really mean that much outside of them just lining up or breaking into the zone sometimes. It, it's something that it's always bothered me in soccer as well. The same thing kind of happens there is, is guys get put on a, uh, you know, left striker or center forward. Like it's how they're used. It's not necessarily like, what you know, just because some player likes to, you know, it's a left footed shot. doesn't mean he can't play right wing or left striker. It's the same thing with the same thing in hockey. I mean, just cause a guy's a left left-handed shot doesn't mean he can't play right wing or, or vice versa. And it, it's silly to lock them into these. Well, I mean, there, there's some degree to that where if a guy can't use his right foot, you don't want him crossing from the right side of the field. Depends on the kind of type of game um, they're playing. They're playing an inside forward position, or they're playing a winger position. Yeah. Right, but if they if if they're only have a right foot and they're on the right wing and they can't cross with that foot, then you're not going to play him there, and they're not going to really be inside forward with the right foot going cutting. They wouldn't be as strong on that side. No, they won't be as strong. You're correct. Plus, I hope an inside forward has at least decent feet on both sides. You gotta have a decent pace too. So, but that's, definitely, yeah, that is another show. <laughs> I don't know. I like it on this show. It'd be. I'm all, I tried. I tried. Yeah. yeah well, you're, you're a Liverpool fan, so what do you know? Yeah, I know. Uh, any most last balance, thing? Most balanced attack in the league. Any last thing uh, you guys want to talk about as far as the uh, roster goes? Any other surprises, concerns? It's just it, this is. The thing we've been saying all along, it's great to see it kind of in print in front of me. This team is improving by just letting the badness fall away. Like, they're shedding the old skin finally. They're just letting the, the bad contracts are dropping off like they, we've been talking about for a couple seasons now. And just letting the better players uh, rise up. And the only que- the only question really, I have two questions that remain, is, you know, what happens in goal, ta- goal which is a really hard question. And then... What's, what does the bottom defensive pairing look like? I mean, that's a great question to have. Yeah, according to I think Thomas Willis on uh, Twitter, he was saying that the bottom pairing is Potato and Weber, and I was thinking it would be Weber-Carl. Right. So is Carl our 7D? Yeah, I, maybe I saw for opening well. night. I saw that as well. I, I don't I don't think Potato-Weber makes sense, but I, honestly, Carl 
didn't all that impress me in the preseason. Weber, had, I mean, pardon, Potato had a great preseason. Yeah, great, Potato had a great preseason. Carl didn't really impress me, and Weber obviously had a good preseason as well. You know, I have to say, if, if Potato actually brings some of the weird dynamic play that he had at the at, at moments towards the very end of last season, then he probably earned that spot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's also think about the expansion draft too. If you do play Potato enough, he becomes eligible. Oh. Okay. There's not a whole lot of these puck moving defensemen that are going to be up for grabs in the expansion yeah, draft. Yeah, if, if and if that keeps them away from some of their forwards, maybe the Wilson or Yarncrook. Okay. Just a thought. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I think Dan really wants Vegas to have Potato and Alston Watson. I want them to not have Cal Yarncrook. Okay. <laughs> that's the that's the only thing I, I ask for. If you if that means Colin Wilson, I'll I'll cry a little bit. Been like, all right, good luck, Colin. It's Cali, man. I, I put me on. You got to put me on a watch or something. Yeah, that'll be rough. All right. So we promised it last week. This is an annual tradition, unlike any other. The annual season preview. Now, historically, Link, you and I, you, we've been through this a few times. We'll break out the notebook. We'll break out, you know, like keeping a, a scribbled notebook, which, which later on in the year, I would frantically flip back through it and say. But Chris, you said that uh, you said the Blue Jackets. This is your year. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I thought the Blue Jackets were going to do it this year, and we would have we'd have moments like that. And then last year, we would also have you know like with with John, you know, yeah, I, I think the the, the I, I like the the uh, the Capitals to do it this year, but uh, I don't know. I've I've seen too many bad things. I've seen too many bad things, man. <laughs> you know, we, we've seen we've we've been through this a few times, and for the first time on record is that we're actually going to uh, put this in a digital format. I'm talking Google Doc. So, divisional preview. So, the very simple instructions here. Uh, we're going to start with the Metro Division. I want, uh, and I don't care who goes first, one through eight. How do you have, or start from the start from the eighth position, work your way up. Who do you have in the uh, Metro, Metro Division? Uh, who wants to go first? Dan, this is the year the Blue Jackets do it. They finish eighth in the <laughs> Metropolitan Division. They finally seek that out, even though I think they've done that before. Uh, I guess I'll go first. So I, I think the Penguins, Penguins take the division. Uh, Capitals are are close behind, and I also have, I have the Flyers in the third spot. I think the Flyers are going to finish in the third spot, and the Devils are going to be just behind them. Devils are going to make the playoffs this year. I think Taylor Hall. Uh, with the other pieces they have, Paul Mary, uh, and then obviously with Schneider in goal. I don't think they'll, they'll lose too much by losing Adam Larson. Adam Larson's a great defender, but I think when you got Corey Schneider in goal, he's a fantastic goaltender and is always very consistent. You're going to be in a lot of games. And, um, if yeah. they choose to play him. If they choose to play Oh, right, if he's not on the bench. If they're not, if they're not trying to tank, yeah. He's, yeah. he's pretty effective. Uh, so I have the Rangers out, the Islanders out. And then the Hurricanes and Blue Jackets at the bottom. So I have the Rangers and Islanders out of the playoffs, looking in, watching the other right. teams play. Who's next? I can do it. All right. So I I uh, I like Columbus being in eighth place. That feels right. <laughs> it feels normal. Feels good. Uh, and then I think it's going to be probably Carolina. Carolina in seventh. Okay. Yeah, I think they. I mean. They, I know they they uh, they still have Ward, and then do they have Kadobin mm-hmm. still in the back? I mean, I, I just don't see that carrying them with their weird set of no, forwards. It's not, it's not him. As it's good as, uh, it's it's Eddie Lack. Anymore? Yeah, oh, it's Eddie, Eddie Lack. Lack. 
Okay, I feel a little bit better about that, but still not a whole lot. And Skinner, poor Skinner. Oh, poor Skinner. But this is the year he turns 25 or whatever. <sighs> the, the magical magical year. Isn't that the magical year? I mean, Je- Jeff Skinner, I mean, we're, we're going to look back and just look at a career wasted. Poor Jeff Skinner. <laughs> Jeff Skinner out of that, by the way, the 20. Like, can draft. I revise? Jeff Skinner finishes in eighth. Jeff Skinner has the second most goals of players taken that year and has played the second most games of players taken that year. He was 2010? Yeah, he was 2010. He was taken seventh overall right in front of Alex Burmistrov. So wait, does he have the second most behind Tyler Sagan? Behind Tyler Sagan, yeah. Wow. He's played more games and scored more goals than Taylor Hall. That's impressive. And you don't need a rider. Yeah, but you wouldn't know it because he plays in Carolina. That's that's true. With Cam Ward. So you have the Blue Jackets eighth, Hurricane seventh. Hurricane seventh. um, And then I think I'm going to go Rangers and then... Devils, because I don't like them. Fair enough. I don't think fate likes them either. Got it. Uh, then, because uh, I have to believe, I'm going to put the Islanders at four. So that put Flyers at three, because I have to believe. And then um, I'm I'm doing uh, the Pittsburgh Washington two two and one Pit, two, Pittsburgh two Washington one, All right. because there is no other way. You had to pull up a list of the teams in the Metropolitan Division because I usually forget the uh, doubles exist. So I've got... <laughs> so does New Jersey. <laughs> yes. So I've got Columbus in eighth. That does indeed seem right. And uh, Caroline in seventh for Jeff Skinner, although he does get plenty of goals against the Preds. Let's see. So six would be New Jersey. And five. Let's see. Did I say Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, Carolina at seventh. Carolina, no, Carolina at sixth. No, you had Blue Jackets, then who's in seventh? Who's on first? Their eight, team is, eight teams in the division. Man, I Blue Jackets in eighth, down. Hurricanes, Devils. Who do you have fifth? I think I had the Islanders fifth. All right. Then I, oh yes, then the Flyers at fourth, then the Rangers, then the Caps, then the Penguins. I still have them getting in at a wild card. Right. I have some faith, not a whole silly. lot of faith. I'm a believer. Thanks. Eh, Steve Mason will get them there. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't have a shot at the cup for like another three years, so whatever. Will Giroux still be there in three years? No, but I mean, well, maybe. Probably. But all their like prospect defensive will actually be, you know, adults mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Adults. They've got so many good <laughs> prospects. They're just young. For, uh, for my Metro, I have the Blue Jackets and Hurricanes in 8th and 7th. So we're all in accord on that one. I have the Rangers in 6th, Devils in 5th. I have the Flyers in 4th followed by the Penguins. I have the Islanders somehow sneaking in the number two spot. I don't ask me why. And the Capitals, number one, just because I think the Capitals are a team that's built for the regular season. They're built for the grind of it. Where, where'd you put the Penguins? Team. I put the Penguins in third. Oh, wow. Because I don't think that they, I don't think they're going to take the regular season as seriously. And plus, they've played a lot of hockey. So, Atlantic Division, who wants to lead off? Mm, I will this time, just to throw everyone off, unless you want to go ahead and jump in, Alex. No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, this is this is this is tough to decide who like the order of the really bad teams. I mean, can, for this one because it's such a bad division, can we just start at number one? <laughs> yeah, sure, that's fine. All right, so um, I think, and I this this is a passion pick like I do every year when it comes to the Atlantic Division. I want to see Florida finish first in the Atlantic with Tampa Bay in second. Oh, I'm so, um, so that's proud. what I believe. Um, then it's gonna be Boston, Montreal. 
And that will leave us with, um, I think, then Detroit, probably. And then, uh, all right, ready? Toronto, Buffalo, Ottawa. How's that sound? Sounds good. I just It's so hard when you look at, when you look at the bottom. <clears throat> Toronto could, because it's Babcock, because they're getting a little bit older, could really be a huge surprise in this division. I really think that they could finish. They could, you know, fall just short of a wildcard spot, I think, is their, their absolute ceiling. I don't think they make it in the playoffs, but they could fall just short of a wild card spot. I think it's their their but that'd be really surprising. Um But man, there's some bad teams in the Atlantic. Alright, who's next? I guess I'll go. Because I did write them down this time. Sounds good. I've got the lightning in first. I really think that they have the potential to go the whole all the way this year. And Florida in second. I've got Montreal in third. I think their scoring's gonna come through this year and if Carey Price is back. Boston in fourth. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs, you know, the third or fourth year in a row. Detroit, I think this is the year they miss. Buffalo is next, then Ottawa, and then I think Toronto is the worst team in the NHL. Even Babcock can't trap that team to hold playoff spot. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be close, but I think they, they could just surprise people. <laughs> they're pretty bad. So wow. before I get to my who's going to finish eighth, I need the listeners to go and pull up Google Hot Take Dragon have it up on your screen because you're, you're going to need it for this so proud in, of you already in 8th place in the Atlantic Division the Detroit Red Wings <gasps> that's bold I look at their lineup and I don't see any way that they win more than 50 points or that they get more than 50 points Franz Nielsen is their, is their 1C and they have Dylan Larkin. Their defense is not there. Their goaltending's not there. So essentially, <laughs> this team is the Carolina Hurricanes, just yes, in Detroit, exactly. Because exactly. they have two kind of like okay, they're 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 all they may be okay. And Franz Nielsen's good. Wait, who's their elite level scorer? I guess it's Dylan Larkin. Okay, so they're they're worse than the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they still have Zetterberg, obviously, but. But I think you know Ole losing busted Zetterberg. Yeah, lo- losing Pavel Datsuk is a huge lo- is a huge. That's a huge gap in their team. Imagine and uh, boost the Coyotes. That's true. Um, I just don't see it. Anyways, th- so they're going to be in eighth. Um, the Buffalo Sabers will finish ahead of them. Toronto, I think, actually might not be that bad. I think Austin Matthews is going to be a pretty pretty decent start, and they got some other other solid rookies that will play this year. I think they'll be uh, young and fast enough to to carve out that sixth spot senators in front of them i have the panthers in the fourth spot i think the panthers now and actually i had them in the third spot but then jonathan huberdo is now out for four months three to four months and they're already missing bukestad as well so i I think that they'll still be good enough in the long run and finish in fourth in third boston second canadians i think that they come marching back uh with a big grizzled shea weber leading the way (laughs) And and a big grizzled Alex Radulov leading the way as well, and then in first Tampa Bay Lightning. I have the Lightning in first. Um, we'll go, I'm in accord with you on that one. I'll start from the bottom. I have the Senators in the bottom of this division, followed by the Leafs, the Sabers, and the Red Wings. I have the Red Wings in the five spot. Got the Bruins in fourth, the Habs in third. I carry Price as long as he stays healthy, he can drag them kicking and screaming in the postseason. I have the Panthers in second. Uh, I do like what they have in their goaltending situation. I like Reimer a whole lot with Luongo. That's going to be a team that's going to be hard to beat in the playoffs. And I got the Lightning in first just because I trust them. Out of all the teams in that division, I trust the Tampa Bay Lightning more than the other ones. Simply put. All right, Pacific Division. 
Only seven teams in this one. So who wants to start with their seventh? I'll start this time. So I've got the Canucks battling with Toronto for Shocker. being the worst. Yeah, the worst team in the league. <laughs> I believe somebody projected them to have like a historically bad like 67 points. That seems a little excessively bad, but Doesn't, probably not Don't the too Flyers much. currently hold that record for lowest like, points scored in a season? I think the Flyers Possibly. hold that. And then I've got the Flames. They're just really not that good. I think the Coyotes will come along, but they're still not that great, and their goaltending still needs help. I actually have Edmonton trying to get a playoff spot this year. They're not going to get there, but they're going to try really hard. Then I've got the Kings, uh, third place, uh, Anaheim in second, and San Jose winning the division. All right. I'll go next. I haven't won second yet. Um, I've got, I'm pretty well on court. i got the Canucks in seventh. I have the Coyotes in sixth. I have the Flames in fifth. In fourth, I'm going to throw the Oilers in there. Uh, in third, I'm going to put the Sharks just because they played a lot of hockey. It's an old team, and I don't think they take the regular season that seriously. Same with the Kings. I think they're going to take the second spot. And I like the Ducks to win the division again because, you know, tradition. But, you know, you know Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux is not there. On that, we actually have a, a really fun uh, question about that later on. Okay. So just give you guys a, a heads up on that one. So I, just, I just want to check. So the um, the Flyers, because I, I figured this was so, – so to hit this record – um, the Flyers ended the 2006-2007 season with 56 points. Mm. That ain't good. Led by the ever-so-wonderful Ken Hitchcock. <laughs> but, of course, general manager. Um, actually, oh, that was the last year uh, Bobby Clark was the general manager. Who were, who were the goaltenders? Replaced him. Who were the goaltenders? Was that, was that the Ascenza year or the uh, no, Esch year? Um, Esch and Emery? Let's see. Oh man, um, they had five goaltenders play games that season. <laughs> Ken Hitchcock. Um, no, you know who led games games played? Who? Antero Nitamaki. Whoa. Uh, that was Esh, Biron, Leighton, Hool. Um, Martin Hool played one game, but yeah, I mean, that was just a disaster of a season. Um, I just it, it, it's so fascinating to look at these nightmare seasons. And what's really scary? Guess how many goals Simon Gagne scored that year? Forty-one. He scored 41 goals on a team that scored 56 points in the entire season, or had 56 game game points. Oh, man. What a magical time that was. That was when I couldn't watch hockey. All right, so I'll go next for the Pacific. Um, I have Canucks being pretty bad this year, uh, and I think that they'll they'll pull for that, uh, that lottery pick. Um, the Flames in sixth, Coyotes in fifth. I have the, In the fourth spot, I have the Oilers making the playoffs. They're going to do it. Oilers making the playoffs. In third, the Ducks. Second, I think the Kings keep it pretty close with the Sharks, but the Sharks win the division. All right, Link. I broke something. One second. I broke my predictions. Did did you break the Canucks? I broke my predictions. Um, Nothing can break the Canucks except for themselves, which they've done repeatedly. Uh, Okay, so Vancouver in eighth. Ooh. There are seven teams in division, sir. They're an eight and I, I stand by that. <laughs> you think it's a mistake? It's not. They're so going to get relegated to the AHL. West. So we're going to stick with that. In eighth, Vancouver, sixth place, then would be Calgary, <laughs> um, Edmonton, then uh, Arizona. Um, just because, just because you're, you're buying into the Chica magic, right? Um, well, I just think I think soon they're not going to be alone in the desert, and they want to establish themselves as the non or the less garbage desert team not counting the guys in california because that's basically desert but whatever um and then i'm going to go with 
the Kings in third. Anaheim in second because they can't help themselves. And uh, San Jose in first because I love them. All right. We're going to do the Central a little bit division. And the typical, we typically do this one as a countdown. So around the table, seventh place in the Central division. Who do you have? Avalanche. Does anyone not have the Avalanche? <laughs> I have Minnesota. Shame, full, full shame spiral for you me. You have the Wild in seventh. Correct, Mario? Yes. Bruce Boudreaux, this first year not winning the division, will take last place in the in the SEC of the NHL. They're hoping Eric Stahl was their number one center. Their solution for goal scoring. That's kind of the ace of spades, yeah. <laughs> David Dubnik reg- regression 2016 yeah. continues from last year. All right. Uh, who do we have? Who do you guys have in sixth? Minnesota. You have sixth, and you have Minnesota. I have Minnesota. Sixth. I do. I, I do as well. I have Colorado. It's I still, have, it's still the sadness base, the basement sadness. I have, the Jets. I have the Jets. I disagree with that so deeply. I, I, I do too. I yeah, I, I know the Jets are. You know, the Jets. Have, I mean, they have all the talent in the world. Yeah, they, I, I get you. You know, they got a lot of talent, and they have the Queen on their side. But their number one center this year is going to be uh, is a guy who's not really, not really proven. Um, I, I don't know. I just I, it's kind of and this is kind of a hunch pick, I guess. Maybe I don't know. I, mean, I don't really have anything a lot to publicly available statistic. I think would like to say to back this up. So yeah, I'm taking the Jets, and I guess that's my hot take for the night. All right, fifth place, St. Louis Blues. I have the St. Louis Blues too. I have the St. Louis we, Blues too. We have the same. High fives, everybody. I have Winnipeg. <laughs> All right, so around the room, Maria has the uh, Jets in fifth place. Uh, Link, Alex, and myself all have the Blues in fifth place. That's beautiful. We must suffer. It's not. It's not because I want it. It's because that's how the world is. Mm-hmm. In fourth place, I have the Wild. <clears throat> I have the Jets. I have Chicago. I have Chicago as well. Making the playoffs or no? No, no, keep that, keep that, care. keep that under wraps. Okay. Keep no it's more. This, th- that's their problem, not mine. In third place, I have the Blackhawks. I, I do as well. Chicago Blackhawks. I have St. Louis. I have the Jets in third place. Wow, I know. <laughs> you have the Blues, Mario. St. Louis. Mario has the Blues. Before we go to the, I have the Blackhawks, second, I mean, Link we... has the Jets, and Alex has the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. You're so so we have the same we all have the same grouping of teams left for first and second. So we, you know, we all have the Predators and the Stars as number one and number two. Ooh, that's very interesting. I mean, should we just announce? I mean, how should we handle this? Well, yeah. Who do you guys have winning the division? Dallas. I have Nashville. I have Nashville winning the division. I do too. Ah, I'm the black sheep. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's a respectable pick. I mean, there's a, you know, Dallas did it before. Dallas takes the regular. Yeah. Dallas is one of those teams, I think, that's tough to play in a regular in the regular season because they play a style that you only see a few times a year, especially if you're a team that's not in their division. I also think that they're perfectly matched up to beat the Predators. I mean, they are they are built to be better than us. Mm, I don't know about that. I, I think that the way that they're built is going to be, a, I, I would not be shocked if we lose most of the games against the Stars, maybe pull out one. That'll just affect our series against them. That won't necessarily affect their place in the standings. I mean, it could be close though. I think that I think there's going to be enough game film on what the stars do. Where I think teams are going to be a little bit more ready for it the next time around. 
I think that's possible. I mean, uh, with, what Nashville's going to do, I think everyone knows exactly what Nashville's going to try to do, and that is hold the puck in your, in your end of the ice for, for as long as they can until you just give up. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the interesting things between these two teams is that they, they have some similarities. The Stars are more content playing for the break, though. Well, yeah, yeah, the Stars are all about counterattack, break, score in the rush, do that. The Predators are all about keeping the puck. So if the Predators are able to play their game, it's going to, I think it's going to, it disables Dallas's game. At the same time, there there's the same risk that turnovers are just going to be brutal. So they're going to have to be so responsible in those matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be fascinating. And of course, I mean, whoever's in net for either side, I mean, who cares? Yeah, Finnish guy that's going to have problems. Just leave the nets empty <laughs> for the course of the game and let the guys go at it. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the, three, the three in those, between those two teams are the three worst goalies from last year. So, so you're saying play the backups? Yeah, right. All right, uh, so I kind of wanted to throw you guys through a little bit of a damper in the playoff bit because round two of this, for the first time, we're going to get taken more in depth as far as our preseason playoff seeds. Yeah, that's right. So so the guy who likes to publish fake playoff previews and fake standings predictions and, and everything, you want, me to, you want me to give you brackets Damn at the start son. of the season? Yes. Oh, Dan, you already, you already get angry at me sometimes. Now you're just going to be furious with me. I don't even remember what my picks were. I didn't even write half of them down. Link, oh, you had man. the. Uh, I'm going to be choosing like office supplies and random animals. Link, you had the Caps and the uh, Panthers winning their respective divisions. So that's ob- obligatory, the one and two seeds, right? Great. Okay. Who do you have? We have more points the Caps or the Panthers? <laughs> Caps. Well, actually, no, the Panthers are in our worst division. Hmm. I don't know. There's 82 games to play before any of this matters. Yes. So what? What are we? We're talking about. I want, I want your seeds one through eight. Oh, okay. Um, in the east. Yeah, we're gonna start with the east. Yeah, Alex, you can go ahead and start if you want. Okay. Um, I have Tampa Bay winning winning the east and winning the Presidents Trophy. So they're one. Two Penguins. Three Capitals. Four Canadians, <laughs> five uh, Bruins, and six Flyers. What's interesting with the Bruins is that their uniforms do have golden rings on them. And then, so let's say seven, okay. seven Panthers, eight Devils. Devils make it the eights. That was a great. I like that you gave us the you gave us the Habs Bruins, uh, Habs Bruins in the playoffs. Thank you so much for that. All right, the welcome. first round, first round matchup where the Bruins just try to kill the Habs and the Habs try to score goals. It's all, it also could be. That's would, what happened last two times they've played in the playoffs. You know, the Bruins are like, Brother Chugga, kill Habs. And, you know, the well, Habs. I, well, but the, the Habs actually spent the offseason becoming more Oga, like Chugga, the Bruins. Tribe so to be Bruins. I think they're all going to do that, and it's going to be silly, like it always is. At least be entertaining. I'm okay with that. Yeah, oh, no, no. It's certainly entertaining, but it's silly. What, do you, what does your uh, East playoff picture look like? See, I've got uh, Pittsburgh winning their division and the Lightning winning theirs. I have Lightning in first, so then Lightning, Pittsburgh, let's say Florida, then Washington, Montreal, Boston, and then Rangers, Flyers. I don't know if that made any mathematical sense, but I have those four. I have four from each division. I'm okay with that. Sounds good. I think you can take all these, put them in a big hat, shake them, and just pull them out at random. Yeah, pretty much. I can't wait to hear these office supplies from Link. <laughs> Binder clips? Can I, can I, how many office supplies do I need to name before I have to switch to animals? <laughs> That's the real question. Donuts. 
That's an oh, that is an office supply. Man, they brought some Shipley's donuts to work uh, the other week. Oh man, they are just, the fritters are ridiculous. The regular donuts, I'm not huge on, but like their cake donuts, their fritters, their filled donuts. I don't know that just I'm, spectacular. I'm versed in Shipley's. Uh, you know what? Not they, a, yeah, I'm not a very. I don't know Shipley's that well. You know, they, they they have a really unique, like a very unique texture for their kind of regular donut, their standard donut, and they're a little airier than some people like, so they're very sort of soft and very pliable. Um, some people don't well, like those. I, well, they're very, I don't know. Um, I'm not like a donut master. <laughs> I've never heard donuts described that way. I think it's great, though. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I try hard. Um, but the, the like I said, the fritters, cake donuts, their cake donuts are amazing. Their blueberry cake, fantastic. And their filled donuts are also really, really good because that texture, that really kind of airy texture with a lot of the air bubbles and everything, uh, just really works well with filling. So it doesn't matter what it is. The filling okay. works really well. Um, I think if you want just like a ring donut with like chocolate frosting, you're better off going somewhere else unless you really like a lot of the airy, airy nature to it. But other than that, I think Shippies, you can't beat them. What were we doing? <laughs> uh, for the East, I have the playoff seeded with the uh, – I have Tampa Bay at number one, Penguins number two, the Islanders in the third seed, uh, Panthers four, Habs five, Flyers six, Bruins seventh, Devils eighth. Mm. Detroit misses the playoffs. Yeah, it sounds good to me. You care to have an entry because you have the Capitals and one, the Panthers at two. I mean, what are, I don't even know what other teams I have in there. It's the Eastern um, Conference, sir. <laughs> yeah, I just like I said I, the conference the Flyers play at that one. How yeah, about, uh, where did the Flyers finish? How about that? Um, in the playoffs. Okay. You have the Flyers finishing fourth in the Metros. They would maybe be in line for like a wild card spot or so. Yeah, I think they're probably. I'm the, sorry, the, you have them third. They'd the Metro, be the third. bottom. I, I ta- kind of think of them being the bottom wild cards. So I think there's such a borderline team there, bo- the bottom wild card. Um, they could be either wild card. Uh, All right, let's 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 do this easy because Link has has not not prepared for this apparently. No, well, uh, like you, said, have... you 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 asked the guy who who hates actively hates playoff predictions right before the playoffs to do playoff predictions at the start of the regular season. You <laughs> knew I was going to get surly and salty and other adjectives. <laughs> Anything else? No, I was letting you finish your hand gestures. All right, got it. Uh, who do you have making the playoffs then out of these four? Islanders, Montreal, Detroit, or the Devils? Islanders. Okay, you got to pick another team? Oh, I thought I didn't know. Two, you so you had to pick two of those, yeah. Who was the other ones? You had, uh, this is who you had fourth and fifth in their respective divisions. The Islanders, the Devils, the Habs, and the Red Wings. Oh, we're going to go with Montreal. Montreal and like the Carey Islanders. I like Price. All right, cool. And Max Pacioretty. I like Max Pacioretty. I do. They say mean things about him. I don't know why they say mean things about him. He has very nice hair. Uh, when I was on, uh, I did the Ben Montreal earlier this year. They do not like Max Pacioretty. Anymore. I don't know what if they don't like. You know him, why? Because was glad to have him because they th- they assume he's the guy who pushed Subban out of the out of the locker that's, room. That's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Mike Michel Tyrion. Yeah, but I mean, it's well, but. but Pacioretty apparently has the year of the GM, and Bergevin, you know, was just like, "All right, fine, we'll make you happy by getting rid of this guy." And there was some comment at uh, at the preseason game where Weber scored this few days ago, where he was like, "Weber made the percentage plays that we wanted him to make," and it was such yeah. a stab at Subban. What a loser! Yeah, it's really dumb. All right, how do you guys see the West shaking out? Uh, I I want to say that um, in the in the instance of just throwing everything out there that I think Nashville finishes first in the West just because I think I just 
they figure out the goaltending situation and they make it work. That makes the Sharks as the number two seed in the West. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. Who do you have as your wildcard teams? Oh, man. Okay, sorry. So if we have in our four seeds, um, I guess, I think, I think it's going to be stacked up in favor of the Central again. So I think you're going to get Chicago and St. Louis. Okay. That is very plausible, actually. Well, yeah, I just, I just don't have a lot of faith in in uh, teams you, like Edmonton and, and even Arizona could drop down. I wouldn't put a lot of stock in them either. I mean, Calgary could at, come out of nowhere. Calgary could, could actually surprise me in big yeah. ways. I mean, you look at the Pacific Division; just looks like a bunch of teams that the Central is going to beat up again on to beat up on this year. Like the Coyotes, Oilers, Flames, Canucks. Do we trust any of those teams? Probably not. Any of you guys want to go first? Yeah. So um, the Stars, I have in, as the one. Sharks in two, the Predators in three. I'll say the Kings, Kings four, Ducks five, Blacks, Blackhawks six, Jets seven, and the Oilers sneak in at eight. Ooh, so Oilers, Stars first round. Could be fun. Could yeah. Be, could be tire fire, but could be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I've got San Jose winning the West, and then Nashville, Dallas, uh, Anaheim, Los Angeles, St. Louis, then Chicago and Winnipeg as a wild cards. So you, have the, so you have the Predators and the Blackhawks in the first round again, huh? Actually, yeah, that is true. <laughs> so I think, I think I would as well. I think I put three, three and Hold six. On. Yeah, you got three, four, five. Man, you masochist. Uh. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I have the Sharks winning the uh, getting the point total just because they play in a softer division. Uh, I have the Predators taking second in the West. Uh, followed by that, I've got... Um, actually, no, I have a part of that. Ducks... I'm transposed there. Ducks uh, one, Predators two, uh, Kings three, Sharks four, um, Blackhawks five. So we have a Stars Blackhawks first round. Be fun. Um, Sharks. I'm gonna go Wild and Blues. So the Oilers, Flames, Coyotes, Canucks. You know, all this. The, the Pacific Division gets shut out of the wild card. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust. I mean, I, I'm maybe old hockey. You know, hot takery, but. I just don't trust the uh, the Pacific Division. So you'd have a Preds wild first round. Absolute barn burner. Oh, man. It's, I mean, Bruce Boudreau and his up-tempo with all those old bodies against Nashville. I I, I would like the Predators I, to I win that. I didn't even have Minnesota making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So The only I, reason I, why they're there is, honestly, I trust Bruce Boudreau. That's it. The, he'll, he'll at least get them to the playoffs, which is going to be an achievement for that team. I don't know. I mean, he's never inherited this kind of mess before. No, he's never inherited. I mean, because you look at Minnesota's core, it's a lot of old guys. Yeah, and, and a bunch of young guys who didn't work, and they're hoping to do it again this year. Yeah. About a bunch of unproven young guys and a bunch of old guys who aren't good anymore. I mean, they, they just they keep trying to repeat the same thing over and over again. And now they actually have a really, really qualified coach. But, I mean, Mike Babcock is struggling to get the Toronto Maple Leafs skating on this in the same direction any given day. And he's got a more interesting roster than the than the Wild do, and Boost Boudreau is probably not as quite as good of a coach as, as Babcock. I mean, they're I, it's hard to yeah, say. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, they're like top five style coaches, so it's ter- really Babcock is by far the better tournament coach between the two of them. He, yeah, he certainly had definitely had more success. Yeah, I don't think yeah. You can, uh, well, I mean, Boudreau's won a few things, hasn't he? He's won a few things, but yeah. mostly division banners. Um, so it's just I, I don't. 
I just can't see it happening. We'll talk more after the end of the break. Uh, We're going to talk about some stuff going around the NHL, uh, finish up with our predictions, five tough questions. Listen to the PredCast brought to you by LionZone Internet Marketing Solutions. These days, you need a partner current in latest website design standards, one that also provides quality support services like hosting, email, e-commerce, CMS, and more. And you need a partner experienced in online branding and marketing, like social media, search engine marketing, rich media, and email marketing. You need a partner that knows how to market your company in today's age of advertising. You need LionZone. Their professional staff and partners have the know-how, creativity, and experience to help you reach your marketing goals. Contact them today for a free consultation at 615-353-0402. That number again is 615-353-0402. Or you can reach them on their website at www.lionzone.com. Lion Zone, Nashville's leading internet marketing agency since 1999. All right. Welcome back in. Going to finish up with our uh, season preview. Start off with a fun question to ask. Uh, especially, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to reflect their uh, their points totals. But when you look around the NHL, when someone asks you at the end of the year, "Hey, who do you think was the most improved team this year?" Who do you think that's going to be? It doesn't necessarily have to agree. Have to reflect with their point totals. You can just say, "You know, they may have the same point totals, but that team looks a lot better this year." Or it could just, you know, whatever you whatever you want to gauge to use that uh, to have that label. The, the team, and I'm going to say a little bit, the one I'm most looking forward to watching grow, um, you know, it was true last year, it's going to be true through this season, is really going to be the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a process going on. They're asking everyone to buy into the process. It's another year long. Um, I mean, they, they more so, there's a lot of teams who are always trying to, like the Flyers are in that same situation, but the but Buffalo, they bottomed out. I mean, they were the garbage, and now they're just kind of putting themselves back together. And, you know, I, I think this year they're going to see an inflection. Maybe it's going to be Jack Eichel's second year. Um, they've got just some some great young players, some solid veterans. They have gaps for sure. Um, but I just, I just am excited to see them grow. Uh, I think they're, you're, they're going to take some strides this year. Not, not playoff strides, but strides. I always wonder with teams that go through this, te- this teardown and rebuild process, like what the Oilers did, what the Sabres did, what the Avalanche tried to do. Um, I always think of it as like a race against time because – if you look at what the Oilers started to do in 2010 when they bottomed out for Hall, you can then they got the Nuge, then they got Yakubov, and then now they have McDavid. They lost the race against time with Taylor Hall. They lost the race against time with with all the other players that they had where they started having to sign these guys on bridge deals and they got off their entry-level contracts because the goal in the NHL is you have enough players contributing on entry-level contracts and on cheap deals to fill out the rest of your roster. That's what seller, That's what separates the good teams and the elite teams. The elite teams, they're guys that are contributing, making pretty cheap money, and you're still close to the salary cap. The Oilers were never in that position, and that's a. I mean, with the Sabers kind of striking out on some of their really big targets as far as free agency, the biggest target, of course, Steven Stamkos, Milan Lucic. You can argue was a pretty big target as well, just because of the skill set that he has. But this is still a really good Sabers team. I think that you know, I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah. I, I have my most improved as the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I I think that the <laughs> don't look so shocked. 
I think Shea Weber really just transforms the the, the nature of that team. Um, I do I do think I mean obviously I have him in the playoffs. I'm in the second second spot in the Atlantic, but uh, I think that with with Carey Price finally you know an, another full year of that of of him, I I think that they're going to look better. They're going to mesh better. Um, they they have a, a roster that makes sense now and makes sense for their style of play. Yeah, I think the Oilers are going to be the most improved team this year. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. It's not like this is their year. But I think they finally have like a solid top four, even though nobody really stands out. They have a good goaltender. I think McDavid will really you know, start to understand the NHL-level play now instead of trying to keep trying to play like he did in junior. I really think that top six is very, very solid with Nuge and Dreisaitl and Milan Lucic, who is, you know, they keep talking about him like he's just an enforcer. He's actually a really good player, overpaid now, but he's a really good player, and I think he'll really help them. That's a good answer. I, I like the Sabres answer. I think that's kind of like the easy picking. I think the Oilers, same way. Um, kind of an under-the-radar one. Um, how about the Bruins? Because the Bruins were a colossal disappointment last year. And you know that there's enough talent there with uh, with Krejci and with uh, with Bergeron. They can get back up to where they were. Now their defense is still has plenty of questions. You're asking on it for an antique Sedano Chara to go out and and be that guy. You're asking on Tuka Rask, who has you know he's shown some signs of being the old Tuka Rask. It's just players. It comes down to just I guess being the old coach inside of us that just says that you trust that team. Uh, as far as the other end of the spectrum, what team is going to take the biggest step back this year? It's the exact opposite of what we just asked. I think Minnesota is going to be really, really bad. I know Boudreaux is a great coach, but that locker room has problems. Between the older guys, you have the ones who have the ear of the GM or the owner versus all the younger guys who need to be getting playing time and they're not getting it. I mean, to, to double down on that, I, I really like that. You've This is a not very often we have players saying – into the media this team doesn't ha- this team isn't built to win this team doesn't have the top line center and the only thing they do to address that is not franz nielsen is not uh steven stamkos it's not a, a trade or anything it's bringing in eric stahl a player who hasn't played center in about a year and a half consistently he hasn't played center in for, consistently for a year and a half mm-hmm. yes I, I think this is the year they missed the playoffs I think mine's probably the Islanders. Uh, I think losing Ocposo and Nielsen is a huge loss. Now, John Tavares is capable of making anybody on his his line great, which is what he did with those two guys. Uh, but in in their division, and uh, I mean, you know, they're they're relying on Casey Kazikas as like their second line center. I mean, I, I don't, I just don't, I don't see any. I trust Andrew Ladd. I forgot that they acquired Andrew Ladd, but he didn't. He didn't really impress me down the stretch with Chicago either, so I, I don't think that he's necessarily going to make them all that much better. I do think that they're going to look significantly different, which was the the question there. So, um, and I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs either. All right. And this this is really tricky because all, all all the teams named so far I think are great options. And just to kind of keep things interesting, I'm going to just pick a third team because I I think like Mario, you convinced me, and and Alex, you convinced me. I don't know if I'm going to convince anybody, but I'm, go, I'm going to go for it anyways. I, I think we're going to see the Rangers have a big fallback. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm, I'm looking at who left um, versus who they added and thinking about, you know, what happens if, you know, Lundquist gets hurt 
at any point. I mean, he's it's another year older. I mean, he's he's a machine. I mean, he just saves everything. But you know, what are the Rangers putting in front of him? Does does you know Vigneault have the ability to to coach a team successfully? Uh, I, yeah, none of it convinces me. I don't think Jimmy Vesey was the magic bullet to save their season. Um, you know, looking at other things like Mike Zabinajad. Okay, where'd he come from? Ottawa. Well, I, yeah, but not literally, <laughs> not literally. Uh, but it's just Sweden. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just I'm just not inspired. Uh, and 101 points last season. I don't think they can get 101 points anywhere near 101 points this year. I'm surprised that none of you have said the St. Louis Blues. I was that was my second option. We're talking about a team that shipped off its best goaltender for mm, not much. We're talking about a team who lost its team captain and David Backus is one of the most underrated two-way players in the NHL. Headed to Boston who I picked to be one of the most improved teams just saying. He also lost Troy Brower who allowed them to play that more physical style and they replaced them with David Perron? Come on, man. Yeah, I mean nobody. They're they're I mean they're allowing on uh, Paul Stassi to step into the number one spot. There are by far worse options to be your number one center. Yori Laterra is not built for the style of play that the Blues want to play. He's not that bruising two way guy. He's a really smooth skater. He works really well with Tarasenko, but the the luxury the Blues have had over the last uh, two or three years is that they have three one A two B lines. They have three lines that could score and defend against just about anybody. Now you don't have that. They've lost TJ Oshie. They've lost, uh, which that was the bounty for the Brower trade. And they've tried all summer to trade away Kevin Shattenkirk. Didn't do that. And now also you talk about a locker room that may be in a state of fracture. This team already has the head coach in waiting with Mike Yo. I mean, it, we've seen this in several sports where there's always, quote, the head coach in waiting. It doesn't work out typically well. So it's going to be an interesting year in St. Louis. They're moving to Yo next year. This is the last year for Hitchcock, and you have to wonder if you know they stumble out of the gate, are they going to fire Ken Hitchcock? That's something that's been on the mind for St. Louis fans for a while. All right, who's going to— good answers. I think all four. Yeah, all four are good answers. I don't think there's a wrong answer among all four of us. Some bad teams this year in the NHL, guys. Yeah. Speaking of, who will be the worst team in the East this year? I mean, anyway, you say not Columbus. I mean, yeah, Columbus. But I think we were all in accord in the Metro, the the Atlantic. We all gave. Let's see, two of us gave the answers of the Senators, Leafs, and Red Wings. Both got one each. I think it's not fair to even count the Senators. They're not even built to be an NHL team. Some days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think we're, you're right. You well, know. <laughs> so we're all in accord, Blue Jackets. Yeah. I mean, because I just like it's like St. Louis. You don't want to kick when they're down too much, and it's like Ottawa. You know how they'll build condos so that rich people can hide their money in the condos? I not literally hide them, just so we're clear. Yeah. I feel like I feel sometimes like the Ottawa Senators are the condos of the NHL. Like just empty. <laughs> no one's gonna live there. They're not even in Ottawa. They're in Canada. They're just waiting no. to, you know, <laughs> until something, you can flip them over and, and make a little bit of a profit or something when valuations go up. And for some reason, Bobby Ryan has one. <laughs> no, it would be really bad if Jack Johnson had one. Or if his parents had one. You know. This is two, two tenants. <laughs> and both of them are Bobby Ryan. Yeah, we're, we're kind of, we had a obligatory, we have to choose the, uh, have to choose the Blue Tag. It's about the same token. We all have to choose the Canucks in the, uh, in the West too, because this team may be historically bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, even just by flipping the coach, Colorado pulled themselves out of that category <laughs> and leaving it solely for Vancouver to claim for their own. That's a good point. 
is there going to be this is going this is how sad this team is because when all said and done is Ryan Miller a Hall of Famer? I I I'm bad at that kind of stuff. I I, I maybe sure maybe a fringe that's, guy. I mean, once when he's retired, that's going to be an interest. I mean, certainly certainly not a first ballot Hall of Famer. No, definitely not. May he he might scrape in eventually, but I mean, if they still use the cup criteria, yeah, yeah. All right, the Sedin brothers are Hall of Famers, right? Yes, I oh, think yeah. they have to be. Yeah. I don't sure. think there's going to be a worse team with more possible Hall of Famers or French Hall of Famers ever than what the Canucks could be this year. Because Louis Erickson, very good player. Outside of that one line, what do you got? Bo Horvat, Chris Tanev, Mikhail Granlund. Oh wait, no, it's Marcus Granlund. <laughs> oh, other Granlund. So they've essentially taken over the Predators' role of getting the other brother. Right, right. The other Griffin. Uh, Reinhardt, rather. If if Dan Hughes can't wait to jump ship, you know you're in trouble. Whoa. Okay, good point. Well, Yannick, yeah, Yannick right. Weber was a top defense, and and he's not even there. It's Chris Tanev and Alex Edler. Ooh. I feel kind of bad about this now. I don't. I don't feel at all. What, what are they going to do? Burn their own city? Most points in the <laughs> East. What do you guys have? Um, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Not everyone had Tampa Bay winning the division. You, someone has, I think one of us has the, uh, two of us have the Caps and the Metro, two of us have the Penguins. Three of us have the Lightning winning the Atlantic. You know, I don't think it's going to be Florida, so I'm going to have to go with Washington, just given given the picks I had. I'm going to go Washington, too, just because I think the Rangers, Hurricanes, and Blue Jackets are going to be worse. Yeah. Then I don't know. Buffalo, Toronto, Ottawa is a pretty damn murderous row. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This could go either way. It's the opposite uh, of a murderer's row. Angel's row? I don't know. I don't know. Canada. Angel Grove? Power Rangers? Cakewalk? Cakewalk. There, cakewalk. There That's there probably go. it. Um, Your option was good too, though, Link. Mara's answer was like a usable, useful answer. So three of us have the Sharks winning the Pacific. Three of us have the Predators winning the Central. Are we betting on the Sharks or the Predators to have the most points? Or does someone have the Ducks getting the most points? I don't have the Ducks getting the most points. Well, yeah, I do. Yeah, I have the Ducks getting so, the most points. So, so, Dan, earlier you said a lot about the Sharks beating up on the Pacific, which I think yeah. makes sense. But I, I think I put the Predators at the top because uh, I, I really think that San Jose is going to do well in the Pacific. I think they're going to struggle mightily against the Central. And I think they're going to kind of be good, you know, pretty, you know, above average against, uh, you know, the East. But they're still going to, I think, struggle with some of the higher end teams. They'll so drop points there. Uh, but I, I, I just think that the Central is really going to take their dominance of the West up a notch um, during the regular season and just, just run over the Pacific as well as the East. So I, I just think they accumulate all the points. I think the Central's just going to be iron sharpens iron, and you know, eventually, I think those teams are going to beat up on one another because I don't think Nashville may be the best, maybe the best team in the Central, but I don't think they're going to win all of their season series against all of the teams. And same with the Stars, same with the Blackhawks. I mean, it's you know, I could go either way. Uh, I, I, for the record, I have the Stars with the winning the most points in the West. Okay. Just one. He wants to. He just wants to. He I want to make to sure know. that that's on. Yeah, I have the Ducks doing. I have the Ducks winning the most points in the West. I just think that I don't. Okay, if Let Letton and Niemi worst tandem in the league, but there's no way they're they're as bad as they were last year again, right? Well, uh, Renee fans are certainly hoping. Yeah, Letton Letton might be just if they are, if I they're think he's run down. if they're two percent better. I mean, Dallas won won the the Central last year pretty pretty handedly, 
And if they're like two to three percent better, percentage that's points be, or or like two, just two percent better than they're like they are the a two percent better like player. 91 percent. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so like okay, yeah. just making sure I understand. That's my point. Is uh, that's why I think Dallas will will have the most points because the rest of their team is so works so well. It'd be nice. I, I'd finally feel vindicated for my tandem of of letting in the Miami will work that I uh, threw out being the last season sometime. Who do you guys have as getting the number one overall pick? Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be the worst team. You know, just this is just like a random chance thing. Who do you guys think is going to get the number one pick overall? I think it'll be Vancouver. Vancouver. Get the number one pick? Yeah. Through the lottery? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, hmm. Well, you know, I, I kind of I want to go with the team that I want uh, that deserves it, and I'm trying to pull back up with my notes just to, to make sure I don't say something really stupid. I'm gonna say. Um, uh, I mean, I think it'd be funny if Detroit got it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think I think I think the um, one year they missed the playoffs, they win the lottery. Yeah. Oh, it's too perfect. I was gonna yeah. I was gonna go with the watch the world burn answer too, but yours is so much better. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. That wasn't a Detroit joke either, was it? No, it wasn't Detroit. Okay, good, good, good. Make it sure. Yeah, no, I'm just going to, I'm dropping it. Yeah. I'm leaving, you, you get the crown for that one. Uh, President's Trophy, what are we, usual suspects here? Capitals, Lightning, Ducks, Predators, Stars. Lightning. Yeah. Lightning? You know, I'm going to jump off. I, you know, I was already, already picked Washington to have the most points in, in the East. Caps. It's going to be the Caps because the East just gets more points automatically because they're more garbage teams. Yeah. I think the Caps are a safe bet. All right. And lastly... Last thing regarding our season preview. After who are who are the four teams that are going to be in the conference finals? All right, now so you don't have to you don't have to lay out the whole playoff tree because so many things that could happen. Well, but I I do I, I do want to, not the whole playoff tree no but the but the, my final four I have the Lightning and the Capitals in the Eastern. I have the Stars and the Predators in the in the Western Conference Final. Wow, every team below the Mason Dixon line. Alex, I am so proud. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, let's go with with what I what I want to see, which is um, Washington and Florida. I just want to see that. Ooh, that'd be good. Oh, I just want to see that. I want to see Florida in a Stanley Cup final so bad. Oh. Um, and the other side, just to continue, make keep keep my belief train going, I'll go with San Jose Nashville. All right. Yeah, I've got San Jose Nashville, then Pittsburgh and Tampa in the East. That'd be good. I've got. Uh, I've got Tampa Bay and uh, in Washington, and I have uh, Nashville and the Kings. Nashville and the you, Kings. You and the Kings. Come on. That's right. They're over it. Get You need to get over it. <laughs> They're over being successful. Everyone needs to accept it. You can't stop what never started. Are you Therefore, work? the Sharks. I can't trust the Sharks. I mean, I don't think the Sharks are going to win. I hope they don't win. But the Kings are not that great. Would you wear your Dustin Brown jersey to the Bridgestone Arena? I mean, I think that once that trade happens and he comes to Nashville, maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they just get rid of Eric Nystrom. <laughs> uh, okay, valid point. Uh, I, the reason why is just I think the Kings are going to be motivated this upcoming year. They'll make some kind of crazy deadline move and fleece some other team because that's what Dean Lombardi does. And I, I, I buy in. I think that their defense is – I like a good mobile defense. I think their defensive pieces fit well together. I like Muzzin and Dowdy as a top pair. I trust Andre Kopitar and – Honestly, I, I'm wondering with the Sharks, just looking at their depth and looking at their age, if that was their last push. So let me ask you this. Do you think that, so if it's Nashville and L.A., mm-hmm. so a, a common theme for this preseason is that Nashville is, is Nashville poised to finally be a, a, 
a forerunner team in the NHL and that people know that Nashville exists and they have a hockey team. Would a Nashville, Los Angeles, Western Conference final put us over the top? Like, would that, would that do it? Regardless of whether we win or lose, are there, are those, is that market big enough to pull us in their gravity and will be in orbit for them for a while so that finally people understand what Nashville's about? I'm I'm through with that question, honestly. The reason, I mean, not to say that your question is very valid, as in it's asked by a lot of people, but I think that too many times that we, as as media who cover this team, latch onto that whole notion of I don't think the other markets respect us. Yeah, you know, I've quit caring on that. Uh, I I mean, to answer your question honestly, I think that maybe that there may be some more gears turning, and I think this season's going to be a real eye opener for as far as people who've never seen the Predators play, and I was thinking about this in the shower this morning that how many we talk about how the Bruins are always trying to be the big bad Bruins. The Flyers are always trying to be the broad street bullies. You've got teams that just latch onto this, you know, this uh, uh, archetype. Nashville has completely changed their team archetype in only three summers. They went from just the lovable band of tryhards and grinders to now they are a run and gun up and down the ice team that, you know, we talked about the stars being like the Dr. Tom Davis style of 40 minutes of hell, Nolan Richardson style of hockey. What are the Predators doing? They're doing something that's that's similar to that, except they're more about the cycle. They're more about just wearing teams down as opposed to playing better without the puck. And you don't see that a whole often, very often in sports where, because so many times the people think of, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're always going to try to, you know, play tough football and try to play with defense. And the Dallas Cowboys always have to have their ace starting quarterback and a bunch of receivers because that's how they've always been successful. And that's how the Steelers have always been successful. A lot of teams get into this archetype to where they have to have certain pieces. And to come, I mean, being a young franchise, you're able to switch the field. You're able to switch what you do pretty quickly because you don't have as much emotion tied up into it. But the Predators drafted for, we talked about Austin Watson uh, being a perfect example of a Barry Trotz draft pick. This team was so boxed into their system to completely reverse flow in a span of three summers. I'm not saying that they weren't, that we weren't talking to have the same discussion last year. They were very much a run and gun team going into last year. This year, it's just another level. They've gotten rid of all of their slow players with the exception of Mike Ribeiro. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not talked about enough. I mean, we're talking about just archetypes in sports. Every single team has one. The Lakers, every year, they try to have a, a ridiculously athletic and powerful center, a bunch of guards to distribute. That's what they try to do. Whenever the Lakers have been successful, that's the formula that they use. And David Poyle's smart enough to see around the curve. As I, I put on the podcast with Vingen and, uh, and John Garcia, uh, shout out to John, um, uh, this past week, that this is the equivalent of uh, Cornelius Vanderbilt selling off all of his boats and buying trains and laying down tracks and being able to see around the corner to see that the game is changing. So I, it's, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I, you don't hear it in my voice, but I'm actually excited for hockey season. That's good. A <laughs> um, couple things around the, real, around the league real quick. Uh, now Yakupov gets traded from the Oilers to the Blues for basically you know whatever was laying around in Armstrong's pocket. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Because now Yakupov, number one overall pick a couple years ago, makes us feel a lot, a lot better about Austin Watson you know, being waived. Traded to St. Louis for not much at all. Uh, St. Louis gets a little bit more offense without having to trade Shed and, Shed, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, but he's playing for coaches that are going to, quote, break him like a wild horse. 
it's a low risk situation for St. Louis. It probably needs a little bit more energy in their locker room, but I don't know. This is a, said, I miss I missed the wild horse quote. Who said that? That's my quote. Oh, that this is a. I mean, we're talking I'm like about, whoever said that's insane. No, now Yakupov is a guy who's never really played in a defense based system. Not only does this team have Ken Hitchcock this year, they've got Mike Yo next year. This is going to be I, a team that's built to play defense, I, and Yakupov's. Okay, this is in 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 the the modern world of sports, you know, because we we, there was this long long history of you mold every single player exactly what you want them to be and build them out to exactly what you want them to be, and you know you have your systems, you have your culture, all these things, and it just some players that just destroys. I mean, we saw it happen in my opinion to Colin Wilson. We saw that whole thing just destroy what could have been a superstar career, um, and. Nell Yakupov strikes me as maybe a guy in, in, in the same way. Um, I mean, he was in Edmonton, which was a disaster. How are you supposed to develop there unless you are above and beyond elite making your mark from day one? Um, if you're just a normal, talented forward. And then you send him to somewhere where they're going to try to apply him into a two-way forward that he's not. If you just try to treat the guy and deploy the guy where his talents are strong and let him be strong in the areas he's strong in, Maybe you find a successful tool rather than trying to take a tool and remold it into a different tool. Uh, it, it's like you know the the reason that the whole uh, wild horse thing struck me in a weird way is because it's like you hear think metaphors like that applied to hockey players. We've we've actually even heard NHL former NHL people refer to them as like cattle and and like they're 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 people. They're still people. Like like at some point they're just gonna be like you know what i'm gonna go play in 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 europe i'm gonna go play in russia i don't have to deal with this i can get paid to do what i'm good at somewhere why am i trying to do it in a place where everyone wants to destroy me uh it's just i i hope yakupov is able to find uh, a stride in st louis i hope he can find success i think he can be a good contributing nhl forward um but it's gonna come down to a little bit of a coach actually working with him and not trying to reshape him over and over again I don't really know know where he's going to play because um, he's not. Gonna, I wouldn't think he would be on a line with uh, Tarasenko because they, they both play on the right and sometimes on the left. Um, but it would make sense to pair him with uh, a more European style player. Um, but they don't really have any more, more of those other than Dmitry Yaskin. Um, Which, by the way, Ken Hitchcock talking about some about a coach stunning player's growth. Yaskin is, yeah. is prime example of that. Yeah, that's true. I, so I I don't know where he's going to play. I, I Sure, I, I I think it'll probably work out. It'll probably work out just as for for him as a player. I think it'll work out just as well in St. Louis as it would have in Edmonton. Now I'm not comparing the two franchises in terms of direction, but if they find a good place for him, I, that might be challenging at first. But he's a, he's a good enough player to to make it work. I'm not sure how it'll turn out for him in St. Louis. He's had so many different coaches in Edmonton who tried to do all sorts of different things with him. He I don't know he blew away the competition in his rookie year and then got scratched several games into his second year with a different coach. So I'm not even sure, you know, what he's going to do in St. Louis. Um, he doesn't play defense at all. He's you know, good in the offensive zone. He can sort of get distracted a little bit. But I, so I have no idea what Hitchcock and Yo are going to do with him. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's valid. Uh, Peter Laviolette given a two-year extension. You don't have a problem with that? No, don't really understand it, but okay. A, a problem with it? No, absolutely not. It's yeah, very David Poyle. Any hesitation? I, I sense some hesitation between you two. Not for me. No, I'm I'm fine with it. No, no. 
I think uh, Peter Lavillette said something about it showed, or no, rather, Sigurin said it was to demonstrate confidence in him as the head coach. Yeah. I mean, he's, Link is a quite, I mean, I've, we brought this up a couple times, you know, because you, you know, you follow the Flyers pretty closely. Um, do you see the same Peter Laviolette that you saw in Philadelphia, or do you think he's mellowed out some and is more comfortable in his own skin? You know, I, I think, uh, I, I think he's going to be the product of his environment in a lot of ways. Uh, coaching in Philadelphia is a very difficult thing, especially under the previous management. Uh, you know, you, you never knew what was going to take the GM's attention at a given time. That's how you end up with ridiculous contracts to goaltenders, um, ridiculous contracts to the defensemen, uh, you know, lots of just junk throughout the system. And that puts a lot of pressure on the coach to be successful when you're being given tools that aren't always the that aren't the right tools. So they're just saying well, f- fix the wall, and they're giving them a hammer, which doesn't. <laughs> he's like, no, no, I don't. That's that's not right. I mean, it's a tool, but I, I can't fix a wall with this. Uh, whereas in, in in Nashville, he's clearly Laviolette's part of the process. You know, he's helping to build and craft the team. He's really getting to build his own team rather than his team with a whole bunch of expensive sort of add-ons. Like, it very much is you buy, like, you know, a Honda Civic and you put a giant chrome spoiler on the back. That was the Philadelphia approach to building a team. Is that we'll just bolt on whatever we need to whatever the coach is doing and that'll work. Uh, it's certainly not that way in Nashville. Mm-hmm. There's a plan. There's buy-in. Everyone's in. And, you know, frankly, the thing about contracts with coaches, we see coaches under contract get fired all the time. Um, it just true. means there's guaranteed compensation. So if if it's a sign of confidence that... If he screws up or something goes really bad and they fire him, well, then he's confident he'll get paid for however long's left in the contract. So, and there, we talked about the the Predators having like the six year window to do something. I mean, when you look at Soros in the system, you look at how long the defense is locked up for. I think it's fair, and I think that you need to. I think he's taking possibly a long game approach to this. I don't think he stepped into a roster that they expected to have this much success this soon. So he doesn't quite have to bust out the whooping stick on this roster. Plus, it's. I mean, we we make we kind of poke fun a little bit at Mike Fisher here, but this is a roster that in a locker room that wants to work hard. It's not a roster full of kids that he has to drag them kicking and screaming to the watering hole. No, they want to work. So as much hell as we gave Gostad and Nystrom, you can't exactly fault them on effort. You can fault them on plan, yes, but I mean, it was a roster that I think wanted to work hard for him. You can sort of mock them for every so often, but one thing that this organization does try to do with one notable exception is, you know, drafting and acquiring guys with character who are going to work hard. Who would be the one exception? I think we all know what his name is. How long ago was this? Uh, Two years ago. Two? Two years ago. Two years ago. That sounds right. Two or three? We're talking about... We're talking about he would be going into his third season, right? Yes, yes. He would be going into his third season with the Predators. This is completely escaping. Mind. I mean, it, a bit of a controversial signing at, at the time, and it's been challenging at t- other times. Oh, um, are, we, are you talking? I thought we were talking about like drafting players. Oh, no, no, no. no. We're, talk, we're, we're talking about hair gel and wallet chains. You know, I'm, I haven't brought this up publicly, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, I showed you guys the picture of it, and um, I'm pretty sure that this was right down the road from the Ford Ice Center, right after uh, it was a couple hours after there was some event there. And I'm pretty sure I stood next to Mike Ribeiro at Publix. And you want to talk about awkward for me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go any further with that. But uh, the whole time I snapped a couple of like of like hip pictures where I've just I got my phone down on my hip and I'm like taking pictures upwards and trying to be subtle about it. The, the new haircut looks kind of post-apocalyptic sidekick villain. Kind of what it looks like. What a lovely day. 
you know, like he's, <laughs> right. Mad Max kind <laughs> yeah. of. He's on the he's on the top of the mod, modded up tank, shooting a flamethrower guitar, bow and arrow thing. Oh, okay. Flamethrower guitar, that'd be good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was that was kind of some. I'm like, is, I'm looking over at someone like my personal one that made me like, hey, is this this micro barrel? Okay. All right. When I ran to call Wilson at a bar. Oh, that see that that's, that's pretty normal. That's yeah. normal. He's pretty normal, but uh, still weird. He's yeah. He dresses like weird. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. What kind of weird? There's several layers well, of weird. It was, weird just, in this it was town. just underwhelming. Like you expect, like you know, it, it, it it's the the stupid leather boat shoes with no socks that you see like every person wearing, and just like khaki shorts and just a shirt that didn't quite fit right. Um. Maybe he's trying to blend it. Were you, were you over by Vanderbilt or something? Was he just no, trying to blend in? No, he's Nashville. Oh. Was he trying to blend in? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the giant blonde guy at the end of the bar uh, definitely stood out. Uh, it's just that no one in the, apparently no one in that bar was a, was, uh, was a hockey fan or aware of hockey, apparently. Um, that sounds exactly like Vanderbilt, what, everything you just said. It was, yeah, it was in East like, Nashville. So. Oh, okay. It was definitely in East Nashville because okay. I, was, I was there. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can always say... I once took cash out of a machine at a bar next to Colin Wilson. There you go. On that note, five tough questions in the day with this. Oh, I forgot about that. Number one, who will play more minutes for the Nashville Predators during the 2016-2017 season? You have three choices. Austin Watson, Anthony Potato, or Petter Granberg. Anthony Potato. Potato. I think that's the safest bet at this point. I wrote that before Watson got waived. (laughs) Um... Who would get? Uh, who do you think is going to play more minutes between Granberg and Mateta, or Granberg and uh, Watson? Um, I, I think Watson. Yeah, I'd say probably Watson. I, because uh, only because there's other defensemen that can probably move up and play. There's yeah, other forwards I mean, Granberg's pretty too. pretty deep. Yeah, I, I think if um, if they follow the pattern from last year and they call up the player that best fits the role that's been emptied, or they call up the best player available. I mean, those are two different things. Uh, you know, if that's the instance, then Watson might have a better shot at coming up if it's a lower six. I mean, there's so many variables. Yeah. Um, but I... if Cody Bass pancakes himself again, well, Watson Granberg's, is the obvious call up. Is, Gran, is <laughs> Granberg on two way on a two way? Yes. Watson's on a one way contract, so he's yeah. not going to be moving around. No, there is no re entry waivers, so they can call him up, but they, just, but they can't stuck, send him back. Down. Right. Yeah. So you know, Granberg at least you can you can get him off the roster, but you you kind of are always rolling the dice with Watson, and you might as well. I mean, pull up a two-way contract guy. Number two, during this upcoming season, what's going to be the biggest concern for you? Nashville's aging depth at center, with Mike and Mike both being north of 1,000 games and north of 35, or the play of Pecorine? I think the the easy answer is Pecorine, the play of Pecorine. It's it's going on year, what, three of that? (laughs) I, yeah, I, I think Rene's the answer for me as well. I mean, I, I think that's through the course of the show has been pretty clear. But he's yeah. just been—I I still want to give him one last shot at this because he's been historically very inconsistent through through a course of a season. Maybe he's now just stretching that out, and he was inconsistent over the course of two seasons, <laughs> and he's going to be spectacular all through this entire year. Uh, but I'm, I, it does worry me. Yeah, I've reached really high panic levels regarding Pecorini. In his play, especially over the preseason. Yeah. Number three, when the dust settles on the 2016-2017 season, and we're looking back at this previous summer, what team made the biggest mistake this up this summer by addressing or not addressing a particular issue? 
See, okay. What what team made the biggest mistake? What team made the biggest mistake this past summer? What, at what point did Carolina re-sign Cam Ward? Was that during the season or was it after the season was over? Because that's my answer regardless. I I, th- I think it's the Blues. I, I don't... I mean, I, them, I, honestly, them getting Neil Yakubov does make, make that change a little bit. But, but they just... They traded their their best goalie and traded two of their top three scores, and they're like, "All right, we're good with that." For yeah, me, it's no, Saint, I, for me, it's St. Louis. Yeah, I don't really like what Buffalo did signing Ocposo. I know he's a very good player, but they're going to have a couple of really expensive contracts coming up in just a couple of years. That's going to hamstring them. That's a good. I think the, the Blues. I think is the biggest issue here is that they've they're relying on Carter Hutton and Jake Allen to get this team, which was a pretty good team last year, made it to the conference finals, and to be we're, we're wondering they're not a lock for the playoffs. I don't think so. No, they're not a lock. Number four. What is more likely to happen: the Colorado Avalanche make the playoffs or the Wild winning the division? Hold on there. Which one, wait, which one is less likely to happen? What is more likely oh, to more happen? Likely, okay. The Avalanche making the playoffs or the Wild winning the well, division? Definitely. It gotta be, it's got to be the Avalanche making Make the playoffs. playoffs. I, I think mean, the Avs can sneak in. I do not think Minnesota is getting anywhere near the top of the division. I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless, unless Zach Parisi like, scores 40 goals this year. Who are you people to doubt Eric Stahl? Come on, guys. <laughs> Finally, number five. If the Nashville Predators are going to win the Central Division... Not not even just win the you know President's Trophy or win the West or anything, but win the Central Division. What type of net numbers will Pecorine have to put up? You necessarily have to give me like you know like save percentage numbers, but like compared to his like career best, what he was just like the you know Galactus Destroyer of Worlds a couple years ago to start the year, and then he fizzled out. Or what version of Rene will it take for the Predators to win the division? Honestly, like this is I I actually spent. And the last year, I spent a couple hours just charting Rene's number, like numbers on by like month. I, I had gotten it down where I, I think I down I got like uh, yeah down to the month, so I could actually just look at compare the same month across years. Do I was thinking the guy is just all over the place, cyclical. Uh, and great, yeah, you expect variation goaltending numbers, but his are like you can just see it, like you know, in this time of year, he's going to go down and he's going to go back up. He's going to. I, I we just we, I think we need to see a Rene who is not, or is just slightly more consistent. Even if his overall like the variation it comes down, so he's seeing more steady numbers, but they're not as high. I, just keeping it within a reasonable range and not being all over the map over the course of the season would be a huge, huge difference for the team. Uh, you know, you're gonna see fewer highly real saves and fewer fans like freaking out, but you're gonna probably win more games and be better off for tournaments. I think about the tournament. The goal is who cares if they win the division if they they want they have to make the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then you just need your goaltender to be on point the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, you get right now you just have to hope you catch Rene at the right swing. I'm not going to give you a save percentage or a goal, you know, a goals allowed average or anything, but I think the key number is 60. If he plays 60 or less games. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's a successful season because then that means that Maz or Soros are playing well enough to to take give him that rest he needs so that when they get to the playoffs, as Link mentioned, he's just not he's not crazy tired and he can be reasonably reasonably good. Yeah, I don't think we need to see like a nine forty nine fifty from him like at all this year as long as he keep as he stops giving us sub nine hundred starts. 
So if he can average to a 920, but also be around the 920. Yeah. Like he doesn't need to be incredible, but he needs to not be bad. Um, Alex touched on something. Uh, how many games does Rene not start this year? Not necessarily tying it to Maz or Saros, but you said 60 is, just, is your target number. I'm going to for Rene, yeah. I'd like to see it closer to 55, yeah. but that's pushing it. Mm-hmm. Would you guys have any opinions yeah. on that? I, I'd like to see um, the backup get 30 starts. Um, so I mean that's right in your range, Dan, yeah, of, 52, of 50, 52, 55, 55 yeah. games. Um, I want to get I want to get away from that 25 kind of magic 25 number as well. Yeah, I do not want to see him start any back to backs. There's no re- there's, there's no, no excuse for that. No reason. There's so many numbers that say that's a bad idea. I mean, now uh, we can we can do a quick eye or raise of hands of how many people at this table think that Rainey's going to get back to back started against the Blackhawks this weekend, and I think <laughs> yeah. three of the four hands go up. Well, um, I was I was definitely uh, raised. Do you want to the exercise, Alex? I'm sorry. I, I Forehand. Didn't there we go. Well, how are you? I mean, to be fair to that, how are you going to start your opening night goaltender being Merrick Maznitz? How do you do that? Well, no, you just start rename, then you do Maznitz says. The, and then you're uh, going to give Maznitz his first ever career in eight. Well, no, I take that back. He's Maznitz played before. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't feel as bad. I don't feel as bad about him making the open his season debut in Chicago. But we all know it's still going to be. Rene. We know it's going to be Rene. Yeah. We're not saying it's a good idea. We just say it's going to be. Rainy. I mean, they could fix all these problems just called BC Soros. Well, if you look at the way Chicago, Chicago's going to start uh, Crawford on Wednesday in St. Louis, and I'm sure they're going to start him at home on Saturday when we play them. So starting Pekka here on Friday and then Mez on Saturday, this sort of makes sense, even though we know that's not going to happen. Yeah, we'll we'll deal with Scott Darling on one of those games probably. They still have him. I thought, yes. I thought it was. Do they not have Ranta anymore? No, he, Ranta's now the uh, biggest uh, Predators fan. I believe he's still with New York, right? Yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about him. That was still so awkward. All right. Um, season preview in the books. Any uh, last words before we close up shop on this one? Nope. Let's get the season started. It's weird opening on a Friday. I don't like it. I'll be uh, covering. Let's see. Uh, who, who's Lipscomb playing? Spring Hill. I'll be covering uh, Lipscomb Academy versus Spring Hill. I don't like this whole opening up on Friday, but it's very odd. I'll be on an airplane. It's like opening on a Monday. Yeah. Weird. Uh, <laughs> Monday, I can get it, but you know, keep in mind over like over half of over half a million people just in this area go to a high school football game on Friday night. That's a lot of people. South of the Mason Dixon line. No, I'm talking about just inside Tennessee. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That is a lot. <laughs> So I don't I don't think that's a great idea, but you know what? Hey, you know the NHL is trying to get Nashville on TV whenever they can, right? I think you mean the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I think Dave Lozo had like the one of my favorite tweets of the off season where it was uh, like the NBC schedule and like December twenty fifth was just Christmas with Stan Bowman and Jonathan Taves. <laughs> I would watch that though. I, I would. I don't know. <laughs> Probably wouldn't. All right, you can find him on Twitter at 3D Link. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexDarty1. You can find Mario on Twitter at Mario or at, at underscore Mario underscore K. Got it right. And you can follow the show at On the Forecheck. This has been the Predcast brought to you by Lions on Internet Marketing Solution. We will talk to you next week. If you have any uh, user questions or uh, stuff you want us to answer, you can tweet to at On the Forecheck or you can put a comment in the comment section. We'll, we might. We might get it. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have a meeting on that. And we'll have a good week, and we'll talk to you soon.